Hey Song Surfers, welcome to Song Surfing. It's your friend John. Song Surfing is a bi-weekly playlist of independent music pulled from the far reaches of the internet. In this special edition of Song Surfing, I'll be talking to Glenn Clark, singer-songwriter from New Zealand. Glenn was featured on episode 2 of Song Surfing, and I originally got to know him through a Facebook songwriting group called Songspark that we're both members of. Glenn picked out some songs for us to listen to, and I'm super excited to have him on as the first guest on Song Surfing. Hey Glenn, how are you? Hey John, it's um, great, thanks very much. Um, kia ora from New Zealand, and uh, it's great, thanks for having me uh, on the show. It's my pleasure. So Glenn, I really love your songs. Everyone is unique, and you have a knack for coming up with memorable melodies and clever guitar parts. What originally brought you into making music? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've been... I've played in a covers band for probably close to 20 years now and we've we've never really tried doing any recording or creating or original material and back in 2016 I started tinkering with GarageBand and uh, decided to try recording an original song that I'd written when I was first learning guitar and it turned out way better than I'd sort of hoped and kind of before I knew it it was on my bucket list to release an album uh, and I love the challenge of doing everything myself. It's it's made me have to learn things like learn how to play bass guitar, how to play some keyboards and things like that. And three albums later, here I am and still going strong. So you said you record everything in with GarageBand. Is that on your on your phone? Uh, no, that's on a very old 2011 iMac. Um, so it's uh, yeah, we're nearly it's nearly. <laughs> It's nearly uh, ten years old and it's still going strong. Well, so yeah, I do every, everything I mean, on that. Look, yeah. It's it's amazing to me the accessibility GarageBand in particular offers people. It can accommodate beginners. You get people who are just trying out putting beats together, and then you can come up with a really professional sounding recording. I think the important thing is is it really doesn't matter what. Um, door you use, which whichever digital audio workstation you want to use, I think actually understanding it and delving into it and and learning it to the best of your ability is probably going to be the key factor there so you know having good microphones and things like that helps but I know GarageBand so well and I know how it operates and and I can really get what I feel is the best out of it for what I want for the music. So one thing that I've liked with getting into songwriting and recording is the online communities that I've come across and the GarageBand users group in particular I think that's where you and I first met before SongSpark even, um, that's been just really exciting just to see what other people are sharing, to be part of this online community. And that was my first opportunity to meet people from all over the world, people from outside of the Chicago area. Yeah, it was uh, it's such an inspirational um, group of people. I think I joined uh, the Garage Band Users Group when there were about 2,000 members. And I see that they're just over 11,000 now. So it's... Um, the number of people that are joining and the quality of music that's coming out is truly inspirational. And and you're right, this is where I've uh, hooked into um, groups like the SongSpark Facebook group, the uh, Create, Record, Release community. And it's quite a tight-knit community and uh, we're really supportive of each other. And we've got some, um, there's just some amazing independent music that's being produced at the moment. Now, am I right that all of the artists that you'll be playing for the listeners today come from the various online groups? Is that where you met all of them? 
That's right. Yep. Um, I think I've met uh, met them all through either the Garage Band users group or um, yeah, predominantly through there. And um, yeah, just got to know them over the time that I've been with the group, and yeah, really and en- really enjoy connecting with them, talking about their music, um, supporting their music as well because it's it's so good. It's it's a, a travesty if it's not heard and and promoted sort of thing. Yeah, I love that. That's the main motivation that got me into making song surfing is helping to spread the word about um, all the great music that's out there. So when you're listening to music, what about a song grabs your attention? Uh, So maybe another way of asking that, uh, are there any common elements or things that you're drawn toward in a song? I I think the thing that draws me into a song is there are two two elements for me. The first part is um, the story element. Um, and the second part is composition. Um, like I love a good story, and if if you've listened to any of my music, I'm, I'm not a, a fan of the traditional boy meets girl type of songs. So I'm always searching <laughs> for um, unusual topics to explore. Um, I like putting a character in a tricky situation and then trying to make it worse for them, sort of thing, albeit in song. So. I guess I gravitate to songs that are slightly unusual. Um, an example, just uh, I guess off the top of my head, is uh, there's a, a Radiohead song called Drunken Punch Up at a Wedding. And just that concept is um, it, it's just fascinating to me. So that's the sort of things that I like to uh, look for in a song, something that's a bit unusual, a bit sort of out of out of the square. So that story side of things, composition-wise, I really love songs that vary from the standard sort of verse-chorus-bridge, verse-chorus-bridge sort of scenario. So, so I like to write songs maybe where it's just all verses or um, where the format is slightly different. And also to use non-standard instruments, that really intrigues me as well, um, like using a sample to create a beat or an element within your song. There's uh, a Billie Eilish song which uses the striking of a match as a sample within the song and it just has a really cool organic feel to it. So that's the sort of stuff that I that sort of draws me into a song. I really love that sort of thing. Yeah, one that really springs to mind is um, your song that I played on episode two where you had the sound of the shovel, created the foundation of the beat. But it's interesting that a non-musical element can become the main hook of a song if used correctly. Absolutely. And um, so I'm always kind of uh, trying to think of well, what can I do next? Um, you know, is, is a water drip, can I turn that into something? Or, you know, just trying to find an organic sound of a, a bike wheel spinning, anything like that, just trying to um, sort of harness that and see if I can do something with it. So yeah, get some inspiration from Mother Nature or from your environment and that sort of thing is really cool. Well, that leads to the, the next question that I, that I wanted to ask, uh, was where your musical inspiration comes from. Interestingly, like, the thing that I get inspired by is I, I usually get my inspiration from doing something mundane. Uh, I could be mowing the lawns or, or having, having a shower or something like that. And the moment a melody or a lyric pops into my head, um, or quite often it's a video concept, or I think, oh, that would be a great music video, and then I have to work backwards and kind of reverse engineer what um, what that song might be like. So those kind of moments to me are inspirational. I think I, I, I draw a lot of, um, I get a lot of fun playing with the band. Um, we gig probably every month or so, and um, just performing live is really, really um, a real awesome buzz. Uh, 
but um, also hearing what other home recording artists are creating spurs me on and um, it, it spurs me on to actually try and make my songs better and better um, and so the, the places like the garage band users group songspark um, the challenges that are put out in songspark um, actually force you to think outside the box uh, to try and create um, you know a, a, a something a little bit different, something that you wouldn't ordinarily do. So um, those are the sort of things that I draw inspiration from, as well as the usual places, listening to you know favorite bands and musicians and things like that as well. A couple things I wanted to come back to there. Did you say that sometimes having the video concept for the song leads to the song itself? Is that uh, so? I um, I released my third album last year in um, November. And the last song that I created for that um, album was uh, a song called Bruised. And uh, I I distinctly remember um, I I sort of got out of the shower one day and had this inspiration for a video, which was a reverse video. It's not an original concept by any means, but um, I'd been thinking about a video I'd seen of someone putting their makeup on, but they'd played the video in reverse, and so it was essentially they were removing the makeup. And so my concept was a video that was filmed in reverse uh, with me applying bruises and cuts to my face. And so when I filmed it and reversed it, um, the the video starts with me um, clean. uh, And as I talk about the the characters in the song um, and uh, and abuse and so forth, I'm wiping the bruises on my face. so, so yeah, it had to all be choreographed in reverse, and that was the the challenge. Is well, that's my video that I want to have. What's the song about, and how do I, how do I write a song that fits in with the video? So, yeah, um, diff- just a different that's, way of approaching songwriting. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting that the the inspiration for the song, well, just like the shovel, you know, that we talked about earlier, the inspiration comes from a non musical element. That's pretty cool. Um, so you said that mundane things will lead to inspiration. Why do you think that is? Do they put you in, um, yeah, like a meditative flow state sort of, sort of situation? I I, I think, um, your mind tends to maybe wander when you're doing just a, a, when, when you're washing dishes or when you're, you know, um, going for a walk or, or mowing the lawn, anything like that, your mind seems to be in some sort of a restful state maybe and that's when um, different ideas uh, seem to be sort of sparking and firing off and um, and it might only be um, a, a line or, or um, you know an inspirational line um, and then that sort of forces you to sort of start to wonder well, what actually might that mean within the context of a wider song and then um, yeah for my part I then start to sort of develop a story in my mind about um, what would be happening to a character in that song and then sort of work backwards from there. Um, I think art also, um, seeing, seeing a powerful image or a picture also um, inspires um, songs, along with um, just reading about um, uh, interesting events that may have happened either in the news or in history, anything like that can potentially give you some inspiration for, the, for, for your next song. Now, you're a rollerblader. Um, and am I right that you had an, an injury that kept you from playing for a while? Yeah, I did. Um, I've been rollerblading off and on for a few, um, few, few years now. And, um, 
uh, I've had I had my first accident um, just before Christmas, uh, like literally two or three days before Christmas. I um, had a new a new uh, new pair of um, tri skates that I was um, breaking in and um, try to uh, try to a, a, a maneuver that perhaps I wasn't um, uh, fully <laughs> fully able to do, and ended up breaking my elbow. Um, oh my. <laughs> uh, despite having uh, wrist guards and elbow pads and helmet and all the protective gear on, um, uh, yeah, I, I um, tried a jump that um, that didn't quite land, and um, yeah, I landed rather heavily on my elbow. So that put me out of action for a good two months. And um, while it's still not a hundred percent right, I'm I'm proud to to be back and recording now, and I've been uh, uh, being able to play guitar, I've been gigging again, and that sort of thing. But interestingly, I thought that having a sort of a two-month break from from creating music would actually be um, great for creativity and uh, inspire me into, um, I'd, I'd come out of the end of it with, you know, dozens of songs that I could then go into record, but actually it had the opposite effect. And I found that not being able to play guitar was detrimental to, or, or play an instrument was detrimental to my creativity and um, I, I literally um, was sort of found myself going through this sort of um, just this dry spell where I just couldn't think of a concept and then couldn't articulate it on on an instrument um, if I did think of one sort of thing so um, but that's where apps like your music memos and things like that where you can hum into um, your phone or you know jot down some lyrics and things um, to record for for future um, that's what you know, they really help um, in those sort of instances. Yeah, it's like with songwriting, it's like exercise. You have to do it often, you know, to stay in shape in order for the creativity to consistently be there. I totally agree, 100%. It's, um, it, you know, it's a, it's not even a practice makes perfect. It's just to keep on, you've just got to keep on, yeah, on creating. Just and, do it over and over. Um, yeah, and so as soon as I've finished one song, I'm usually into another. And, and actually, it doesn't take long. Uh, it might take me sort of a month to create a song, but, you know, in a year you've got um, more than enough material for an album sort of thing. So um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that um, I get a lot of um, joy out of just the next project and I can't wait to finish this and to get on to the next one sort of thing. Um, I very rarely have two projects on the go at once, but um, uh, but usually it's just I'm singularly focused on just that one song at that one point in time and that that sort of you know time and place. Um, and that definitely, um, you know, keeps me going for the next one. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into some of the music that you selected for us to play for the listeners. I reached out to the artists, um, and the first one we'll be listening to is Derek Smith. And Derek gave us a little bit of information. Derek says, I grew up in Ireland listening to Pink Floyd, indie rock, grunge, minimalist techno, and my dad singing folk ballads in the car. I traveled in my mid-20s and ended up unintentionally staying in Australia. Five years ago, I lost my father in a tragic accident, and as he passed, I suddenly started to sing these folk ballads back to him, and from there I decided to learn to sing, write, and record. Mostly my songs are to help me resolve the madness that appears in your head when you hit a certain age and perhaps as nuggets of advice to my kids when they are old enough. Alternatively, I describe myself as a man writing folk, rock, blues, and grungy ballads specifically for middle-aged meltdowns and those inclined to wear lycra, but really shouldn't. (laughs) Yep. Um, yeah, that sounds like Derek. Uh, look, Derek is—he's uh, a lovely guy um, that I 
um, got to know over uh, through the Create Record Release um, Facebook community, and um, really we got chatting and messaging each other probably about a year ago, and we would um, share songs with each other uh, and kind of bounce different ideas off each other. Um, we'd um, get feedback from each other and so forth. About a year ago, he sent me an early version of the song that we're about to hear, and. As soon as I heard it, it just hit me. It's it's so beautifully done, and it's just packed full of emotion. It tells an incredibly sad story of a parent who has discovered their child is being bullied um, at school and is starting to self-harm, and that just really tears at your heartstrings. All right, well, let's take a listen to Little One by Derek Smith. Didn't pretend 
It would happen this way And I let you down Little one I let you down Little Hey friends, John here. Is one of your New Year's resolutions to start a podcast? Well, you should. I can tell you it's fun. It's really rewarding. I can also tell you, though, that even a seemingly simple podcast can have so much behind the scenes that goes into it. But thankfully, there's Captivate, a podcast hosting platform that makes it easy to manage and monetize your podcast. With Captivate, you can create and distribute unlimited podcasts, get advanced analytics, monetize and promote in one simple, easy to use dashboard. Song surfing is hosted through Captivate. And what does that mean? So after I script and record an episode, I upload it to Captivate and they shoot the episode out along with the accompanying show notes and artwork to a ton of podcast players like Apple and Google Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Geosavin, Podchaser, Stitcher. All of the episodes are saved on the Captivate server too, so I don't have to worry about having a separate hosting site or creating RSS feeds, anything like that. 
They also provide multiple ways to share the episodes, so I haven't needed to futz around with creating smart links, and their player app for WordPress was super simple to add to songsurfingpodcast.com, and it works great. Other perks include a free website, a dynamic ads platform, and incredible customer service, like seriously incredible customer service. I think that last piece alone makes Captivate stand out from the rest. Try it out for yourself because they're running a special seven-day free trial. And be sure to click the referral link that's in the show notes. Okay, back to the music. Say you will never leave me. Say you will always need me. Say you will never leave me this way. Over, I lost my nerve 
Hey, Song Surfers, we're back. So we just listened to Little One by Derek Smith, which you can find on Bandcamp. And Derek has a new website, DerekSmith.com. Smith is spelled S-M-Y-T-H-E. So Little One is a single on Bandcamp. Derek also has a couple albums available, and he donates proceeds from his albums to charity. Definitely a worthy cause and a lot of great music to check out. After Little One, we heard The Indigo Sunsets with Never Leave Me from their album The Comeback. And I had never heard these guys before, but I'm glad that I did, Glenn. Uh, what what can you tell us about it? The Indigo Sunsets, um, the absolutely fantastic uh, band. Uh, Andy Goldsby and Stu Cashmore, they're a, a dynamic duo from the West Midlands in England. Um, and they burst onto the, the indie music scene last year when they released The Comeback, which is their debut album. It's a great title for... Uh, for a, a first album and the album itself was recorded uh, on their iPads using Gar- GarageBand um, and it yeah it's a cra- <laughs> crazy crazy um, the sound that they've managed to to get out of GarageBand on their iPads is incredible and, and every single song on that album is so solid it was actually really hard to choose a track uh, because they're all so good I got to know um, Andy and Stu through the GarageBand um uh, community again and uh, create record release community um, and they to me they have a sound that's quite similar to sort of oasis it's that kind of guitar driven um, you know British rock sound um, and I just I went with the song just because it was so well recorded um, there's great guitar work throughout and the vocal harmonies as you've just heard they're just superb um, and if you check them out on YouTube, this song was actually their first foray into creating a proper music video. Um, they they grabbed green screens and um, created a really cool sort of um, MTV style music video. Um, and you know their album is available on all the usual digital download sites. And but you can, you can absolutely do your ears a favour and and go and get it today because that it's really worth um, a listen. It's a super solid debut album and um, yeah, absolutely um, worth worth listening to. I reached out to Andy and Stu and they told me the song "Never Leave Me" is from our debut album, The Comeback, which was released in October of 2020. They said we started as a band back in May of 2020, which is Amazing. How many months is it? <laughs> yeah, six. Yeah, that's right. I don't even, yeah. Um, so they started in May of 2020 purely to pass some time during lockdown. However, as the song started to materialize, we pushed on to form our first album. We are now deep into our second album and hope to have this ready mid 2021. So be on the lookout for that, song surfers. All right. So next, we're going to be hearing from Jade Star. Dread Circus, and uh, Jade Star is someone that we uh, both know from multiple Facebook groups, and Jade actually has multiple projects um, that span some different genres of music. Um, so is there anything you want to tell us uh, about this, uh, Glenn, before I, I get into what Jade told us? Yeah, um, I guess um, Jade and I have been um, in contact for... Um, uh, oh probably a good couple of years now I suppose through um, again the garage band groups um, she's just um, got so many projects on the go it's it's almost hard to keep track of but she's so inspirational and the and so creative um, she's also based in Melbourne um, along with um, Derek Smith um, and 
she's kind of a, not only a creative person, but just a wealth of knowledge and expertise when it comes to all things recording. Um, I came across this song after I completed my um, second album, and um, I ended up sending a copy across to Australia um, to Jade, and in exchange she sent me um, one of her CDs. The song that we'll be listening to by Jade Star Dread Circus is Gender Optimized 2.0 from the album Gender Optimized 2.0. About the album, Jade says, Gender Optimized 2.0 features an all-girl lineup. This is the transition album, mostly dealing with all the experience associated with gender transition and all the emotions that come from it. The musicians on the album are Jade Star on vocals and guitar, Melissa Stone played bass, Callie on vocals, guitar, and keyboard, and Lauren Allison on drums. Um, Jade says that the song was actually recorded um, over a series of years. It went through a couple different versions. And this final version uh, was with an all-girl band, two born females and another trans girl along with uh, herself. And it was recorded in her home studio over the course of eight months. So after Gender Optimized 2.0, then we'll hear one of Glenn's songs, uh, 1665. And I'm uh, excited to hear what Glenn uh, can tell us about how that song came to be as well.
And we're back. So we just listened to Jade Star Dread Circus with Gender Optimized 2.0. And then we finished it out with Glenn Clark's 1665 from his album Hide and Seek. Glenn, the song is dripping in atmosphere. Besides the child's voice and the tense chord progression, that synth sound, it sounds like it's right out of a John Carpenter soundtrack. Uh, It's a creepy and mesmerizing at the same time. One thing that really stands out to me about your music in general is how good you are at gradually developing your ideas. On this song, you can hear it slowly builds to a full band entrance. Is that something that develops as you, uh, as you're recording it? Or do you have that idea already in your head before you set out? Normally, I have a pretty good idea about what the final song should sound like or, or will sound like. And, and so, yeah, I, I I generally just experiment with, um, uh, for example, that that synth sound was just a, a stock garage band synth, and um, I just sort of you know found a sound that sort of seemed to to suit, and then gradually layer things up. What I'll quite often do with a song is record um, all the different parts, the full band and everything, um, right the way through the whole song. But then I'll just chop bits out and um, gradually let it build um, from there. So. Uh, so yeah, it was definitely um, a, a creative decision to let it build um, uh, the uh, the trumpets uh, in the song. They sort of uh, have taken uh, a wee bit of Pink Floyd inspiration um, uh, from from some of some of their earlier material, um, and yeah. So it's 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 uh, and also I think um, for me the song structure. This was the first time that I'd sort of stepped outside of the standard verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus format um and it just contains five verses so i was sort of challenging myself oh, to wow. um to see what i could uh, create using that scenario the story itself just intrigued me i actually i came across the story about um the searchers who are mentioned in the song and they were uh they were ladies who were hired by the parishes of london back in the day to examine corpses and determine the cause of death um, and they were required to live outside of common areas. They had to hold white sticks, indicating their dangerous profession. Um, what a terrible, terrible, terrible job to have. Um, <laughs> and, and families who could afford it would often bribe a searcher to report a different cause of death so that they could avoid being quarantined with a red cross on your door. Um, but um, I, I sort of wrote it from the perspective of um, of a small child, and I used uh, my daughter, who was six at the time, um, to sing um, Lavender's Blue. Um, and it was so cool being able to collaborate to to with her. This that uh, that nursery rhyme is from the that era as well. So it sort of all sort of uh, sort of fits in quite nicely. And um, uh, but but actually, just having the chance to work with your 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 children in the studio is so rewarding. And uh, you know when you ask her to sing a song, sadly, and that's what came out. Um, it was just really really good fun. It's really cool that you were able to collaborate with your daughter. The most I've been able to do <laughs> over my over the years is getting my daughter to scream on songs. She won't sing. She has a great voice. She's a much better singer than I am, and, and I, I can never convince her to uh, sing lead or add any harmonies or anything. But if it's some uh, screaming part, she's all over it. <laughs> I'm envious, Glenn. I originally um, used her when she was three on a track that I um, that's called Anesthetic Running Through My Veins, and um, I, I needed uh, exactly that, a little girl um, making a squeal or a scream, and she, she did a great job on that. So um, 
uh, and she's only too keen whenever the microphone's set up to, to get involved and I'll just run with it. We're just going to harness that uh, energy and um, she's she's written and created her own songs as well, which is it's just so pleasing to your heart to, to see, you know, your children um, wanting to do something along those lines as well. Absolutely. So, Glenn, thank you so much for being on Song Surfing and thank you for being my first guest on Song Surfing. It's my Where absolute can- pr- pleasure. Just want to say thanks, John, for the um, you know the the work you're doing on song surfing is is brilliant. I'm enjoying the episodes and and actually getting to know new music from around the world is it's it's just such a cool thing. So um, yeah, keep up the great work. It's fantastic. It's so much fun, Glenn. Where can people find more from you? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't have a website at the moment, but um, people can look up Glenn Clark Music on Facebook and um, you'll find my page there. It's got links to videos and everything there. I'm also on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, uh, once again, Glenn Clark Music. And um, yeah, you'll find all my um, interesting videos on there as well. Thanks again, Glenn. Take care. Thanks for listening to Song Surfing. If you'd like to reach out with any comments or suggestions, you can email the show at songsurfingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again to Glenn Clark for appearing on this episode of Song Surfing. Glenn has three albums available for streaming and purchase, so I encourage you to head over to Bandcamp and have a listen. The podcast website, songsurfingpodcast.com, has a show notes section where you can find the list of songs and artists played on each episode, as well as links to the artist's sites. Thanks to Josh Ween for letting me use his song Living in a Fishbowl as the theme music for the show. You can find Josh's music on Bandcamp by searching his artist name Ween Solo. That's spelled W-I-E-N-S-O-L-O. Thank you for listening to Song Surfing. See you next time.